Thank you. Just lovely to worship God, isn't it? I just really enjoyed that this morning, just to connect with God's heart. What I thought to bring to you today is about listening to God. Um, I was baptised at the age of 13 in our little brethren chapel in Guernsey, where I lived at the time. And um, I had been waiting for this day. My dad kept saying I was too young to be baptised. From about 11 onwards, I'm like, I want to be baptised. I need to be baptised. And he kept saying, you're too young. So I finally got there at age 13. And I was given a scripture for my baptism, which has just spoken to my heart. And it just continues to challenge me. It's John 2, verse 5. And it's where Mary um, says to the servants, when the wine runs out, do whatever he tells you. That's my scripture from my baptism. And it's just, do you know, I just think there can't be anything more important than being able to hear what God's telling you and to do it. Nothing, what else is, what else is important really? And if I need to do what he tells me, I need to be able to hear what he's saying. And so that's really what I felt like I should be speaking on this morning. Jesus, uh, Jesus said, He who belongs to God hears what God says. And he says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So we really, really need to be in tune, don't we? In tune with what God is trying to show us and say to us. We're in a super privileged position um, living here and now. In the Old Testament, the only people that could hear God were the prophets and they had to be called and anointed by God specially to do that. And also they had the Urim and the Thummim which were in the breastplate of the um, high priest's robe and which they could consult. And we're not quite sure how they use that. It sounds a little bit like it's tossing a coin, yes or no, where the stones fall. But nobody really knows for sure. And we're here also, right up until just before Pentecost, we hear of the disciples casting locks to see who will come in Judas's place. And that's the last time we hear of that kind of thing. Because it's God's will that once Jesus went back to heaven, we would all be able to hear God's voice because his spirit will be living in us. Paul writes, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit is the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of wisdom and revelation. And Paul tells the Christians, walk by the Spirit, be led by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit, live by the Spirit. And we can all do that, can't we? Because we have his spirit living on the inside of us. And we don't need to consult a priest. We don't need to consult a prophet. We can go straight to God. And he will show us things. 
and he shows us things on the inside of us because that's where the spirit works and where he leads us from. And really, I'm just going to go through some things of why we should listen to Holy Spirit, why we should listen to God. And the first one I'm going to bring is that God knows best. God knows best. It makes sense, doesn't it? He is God. He knows everything. He knows us inside and out. He knows what makes us tick. And in Isaiah, God speaks and he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. So we want to find the higher ways, don't we? We want to find the best way of living. Our our human understanding is just so limited. We only know what we know. And none of us in this room is going to say that we know everything. I for sure don't know everything. So we listen to God because his ways are higher. And he says to us in Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That's obvious, isn't it? If we lean on our own understanding, if we just always do the things that we feel like doing at the time, that's not God's way. He wants us to lean on his understanding. And he says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. That's a lovely promise, isn't it? And I've experienced God in my life steering me in different directions. So the second reason I want to look at is that he wants us to lead us along the right path for our lives. He says in Psalm 32, verse 8, I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. You know, my life turned out very differently to what I thought it would do when I was 16. I had this plan that I would get a job at my dad's bank and I would earn a bit of money for about a year and then I would go back to Guernsey where I'd left this boyfriend that I was very fond of at the time And after a while, we would get married, I would live in Guernsey uh, for the rest of my life and be happy there. God didn't have the same idea as me, and he had a job getting it over to me. So, I I had an interview at my dad's bank, and it seemed to go very well. And then the school were approached for some references. And it seemed from that time forward... Every member of staff had it in for me. Every time I was walking down a corridor on my own, a member of staff would appear and say, Wendy, you need to stay on at school. You can do more. And I was resolute. I am staying, I'm leaving. At 16, I'm going to work in my dad's bank. But they kept on. And I was so strong, I was absolutely not being moved. I couldn't see the point of staying on at school. And one night, it felt like God himself was in my bedroom. And it felt like he was just saying, this isn't the path for your life. This isn't what I've got for you. You need to listen to your teachers. They're trying to tell you what I want for you. And it was so heavy on me. I can't explain. I've never experienced that before or since. 
it was like I couldn't get back to sleep until I'd said to God, okay, I'll do it. I'll talk to my parents in the morning and I'll say I need to stay on at school. And I did. And it was okay. I quite enjoyed doing it, actually. I enjoyed my A-levels. And then it came to the time where they're saying, right, now where are you going next? And I just thought, well, I suppose um, quite fancy being a primary school teacher. So I got an interview at Homerton College, Cambridge, and an offer straight away. And again, I just can't explain to you, I had no peace. I tried really hard to have peace because I thought, well, it's obvious, isn't it? Blah, blah. And I would just keep talking to myself and saying, you're just nervous. You don't fancy go, you know, it's a big upheaval, blah, blah. And then it just, it got too much and it just kept, just kept not being peaceful. And in the end, it was after I'd sat all my A-levels and everyone else knew where they were going. I went back to school and talked to the, uh, teacher in, who did talk to you about your careers, the careers advisor. And I said to her, something's, I don't know, I just don't feel right about this. And she said, have you ever thought of going to uni? And I said, no. Nobody in my family goes to uni, you know. I was kind of of the mindset that I would just get married and have children. I thought that was it. Anyway, some, at some point... She managed to persuade me uh, to think about, if I went to uni, what would I like to do? And I said, well, I like RE the best. That's my best subject. Um, so she said, you could do theology. Sent me off with a stack of prospectuses. And I read through them. She said, now you've got to fill this form in and put what you, which one you want to go to first. And we talked about the different options. And it turned out that um, Birmingham University was on a direct rail route to Oxford where Marcus was studying. <laughs> and I'd already met him. And um, it's just amazing. God got me there. They just rang up one day and gave me a place on the phone. It was all panics because everybody got places everywhere and I was just at the last minute getting up there. But I tell you what, that was the right thing for me. In that environment, I had to grapple with my faith and work out, do I really believe this? Because I was in a non-Christian environment studying theology and most of the people around me, um, the professors and everything, they who I regarded, you know, they're so much cleverer than me. They didn't seem to have a strong faith. But I battled through. I found my faith in a really strong way. And all the things I learnt at uni have been used by God. And I'm just, I'm flabbergasted because that just wasn't my plan. And I'm just so thankful um, that God led me in those days by this sense of something's not right. I've got to find peace. I haven't got peace. And sometimes God does it that way, but sometimes he speaks to you really, really clearly. And it was the case when I was 17 and Marcus was just off, he was giving me a gift of a locket. And as he handed it over to me, I, I heard God say, this is the one for you. And it was that clear. And it was, I needed to know that at the time. Uh, he didn't know for a lot longer. <laughs> so I just want to say, you know, we need to listen to God. 
because we could just go off at angles and never feel fulfilled because we're not meeting what God has put on our heart for us. We've all got a path for our lives and we need to hear the Lord because he knows best which path we we should take. So then I want to say that God wants to help us to be more than we think we could be, we could possibly be. And we see that in the Bible all the way through. In the Old Testament, numerous examples, but Esther, for example, an ordinary lady. God gets her into a position of authority as a queen and she is able to save her people from destruction. You have Mary in the New Testament, an ordinary girl, but she is the mother of Jesus. You get the disciples, 12 ordinary men, not a scholar among them, fishermen, and Jesus decides to build his church on them, and they are the foundation. All of us can be more than we think we can be, and don't tell me you're all too old to change, because I don't believe that for a minute. We have all got something special, something special, not just ordinary. Every single one of us has got something special and God has a plan for it. If we listen, we can get there. Think about David. He he was probably the least popular of his family. We know that because when Samuel comes, they say, oh, what, you want to talk to David? He's out there with the sheep. They weren't even going to include him. But he was someone who always listened to God. He was called a man after God's heart. And why? Because he always inquired of the Lord. You read it through. He's thinking of doing something. He inquires of the Lord. In other words, he stops and asks him, is this what you really want to do, God? And God shows him. And right towards the end of his life, he'd been building up this picture of what God wanted for a temple and how God wanted to help people worship and connect with him. And he was able to download that to Solomon. You know, God does, even today, use extraordinary, extraordinarily ordinary people. And the people in this picture are two of those most extraordinary people. On the right there, you see a man called Pappy Daniel, And he was just an ordinary Indian man and he found God and then he wanted everyone else to find God too. And he has started with absolutely nothing. No money. Nothing. Prayed in everything he's needed. Today, uh, Janet is the other lady, Janet and I and another group, we went over to India to see his work and to help with some of the things he needed doing in Kerala. And um, he, he's just amazing what he's done. He's got two children's homes, one for boys, one for girls. He's got a church. He does all sorts of outreach to people who are in need. He, um, he has training for women because he doesn't want them to be unable to support themselves. So he t- they set up a school for training them to sew another school for starting to teach people computer skills. Uh, He runs a training college for pastors. You know, he's just amazing. And you meet him and he's just an ordinary man. But just listen to God 
and followed him one step at a time. The other lady is my friend Janet. And um, 11 years ago, God put it on her heart to start Hope Works in Rayleigh, which is a kind of furniture and it seeks to support people who haven't got much. And you can buy furniture there really cheaply, second-hand. If you've got anything to donate that's good, in good quality, do send it to Janet. They'll come and collect it for you if you want. But she started this, and she's a trained nurse. She's had no business experience whatsoever. She did a bit of training with Lighthouse Trust, and then she looked for a warehouse and got it set up, and is doing an absolutely amazing job. But at the time, she used to say to me, I don't know what I'm doing, Wendy. I don't know what I'm doing. And they ha- they take on um, young people who haven't had any job experience and obviously had some problems. And then they've got uh, people who um, volunteer. And sometimes, you know, I went over in the early days and sometimes she'd say, can we go for a coffee or can we go for a walk? have lunch with me and through lunch she'd be telling me all the challenges and she says, I don't know what to do so I just say to God well what does that look like God and that's how she's done the whole thing and in spite of it being a charity God has blessed it and they are able to they're running with funds to spare and it's just amazing and I knew Janet before she did that she has just developed and grown and become something I could, well, she wouldn't have thought she could do at all. But that phrase, what does that look like, God? She'd do it. Bless her. So, God also wants to help us and protect us. That's another reason for listening. In the Old Testament, people, uh, God gave people his laws his Ten Commandments and the other laws, to protect them. And when they did, as God had showed them in their laws, they prospered and did very well. When they refused to do what God said, they made themselves open for everything to go wrong. And in Jeremiah we read that all their disasters came on them because they refused to listen to the genuine prophets and do what they said. In Psalm 91, we can read that those who stay close to God, to God, live under the shadow of his wings, it's talking about being close to him. He says, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him, I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I'll deliver him and honour him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. God wants to protect us. He doesn't want horrible things to happen to us. But sometimes we really need to listen to what he's saying to enable that to happen. You've probably heard of stories where people um, have been told to leave a building before it falls apart and all of that. And that is how God works. And I would just like to share this really short story with you. I went to visit my mum the other week and she lives in Surrey. The journey is about an hour and a half. And I got into the car and just as I started out, I felt the Lord say, I want you to pray. I want you to pray in the spirit. 
So I said, okay, that's fine. So I prayed, and he wouldn't let me stop. It was like, if I started to stop, he said, no, you need to pray, keep praying. And amazingly, I prayed for about an hour, and suddenly, I'm on the the M25, suddenly, all four lanes stop. Not slow down and stop, stop. And as I'm ramming my feet, on the brake and the accelerator, the brake and the um, clutch together, not the accelerator. (laughs) That would have been a disaster. Um, I managed to stop the car a short way before the next person's bumper. And I'm absolutely shaken and I look up into my mirror because I think the lady behind me managed to stop and she'd managed to stop. And by some miracle, all four lanes had stopped. And as I was ramming my feet on my clutch, I said, Lord, save us all. And everything stopped. And we're all looking around. Everybody, you can see everyone's shaking. Everyone's looking around. What's going on? What's going on? Because there'd been nothing about slowing down. And we eventually started to get going again. Everyone was driving really gingerly. We're all waiting to see whatever it is that has caused this. And as we go along the road, there is nothing. And I had this absolute conviction that God had uh, had me praying that whole hour ahead of what could have been a really awful accident because it was just so sudden. And I have no idea to this day why that's happened. But let's never underestimate the power of prayer. And if God puts it on your heart to pray then pray. Don't just find an excuse not to. A few years ago, um, late at night, I just wanted to go to bed. And I was really, really tired and I felt like the Holy Spirit saying, you need to pray. And I, I kind of, I was a bit like, Lord, I'm really tired. I want to go to bed. And he said, no, you need to pray, Wendy. So I started to pray and then I knew who I was praying for. And I, he wouldn't let me stop until, you, you know, you just know when you can stop. And I finally got to bed and I was really tired. And the next day I heard that the people I was praying for had been either, I can't remember the details why they were in an accident and it wasn't as bad as they thought it would be, or they didn't have an accident that they could see they could have had. So we must, we must trust in God. He wants to help us. He wants to protect us. And he can tell us things that will help us to stay protected and other people to stay protected. When people say, why does God let things happen? I sometimes think like saying, he, somebody didn't pray. Somebody didn't pray who was asked to pray. I don't know. It's that we're God's bigger. We don't always understand it. Anyway, and the final one I want to share with you is that God wants to share his heart with us and show us his love. This is the one I love the most. This is what means the most to me. God really wants to have close fellowship with us. He wants us to walk with him. He doesn't want us to be like, you know, we, we do a prayer in the morning And then we say, Amen, and it's almost like saying, Bye, God, see you tomorrow at the same time. I'll be back to pray tomorrow, whatever time. 
He wants us to stay in that connection with him all the time, right from the beginning. I mean, Adam and Eve, he loved to walk with them in the evening. He loved to hear what they called the different animals. He chatted with them. It was companionship. It was closeness. That's what God loves. He loved Enoch because Enoch just walked with God. And in the end, he just walked straight into heaven. He didn't seem to... Where did the body go? I think he just went. He loves to have that close fellowship with us. And all through the Old Testament, it's like he's trying to get fellowship with somebody. Does somebody want to talk to me and be in close fellowship with me? But there was so much distance between him and the people he loved. And so he sent Jesus. And Jesus came to show us what the Father was really like. And he had close fellowship with his followers. And we know that John just said to himself, he always called himself, I'm the one Jesus loved, loves. Did Jesus not love the others the same? No, I really don't think so. John took every opportunity to be as close to Jesus as he possibly could. And that way he received God's love in his heart. Jesus said, just before he went back to heaven, that he would, was going back because something important had to happen. The paracletos, or the comforter, the Holy Spirit, was going to come. And he was going to be in us and with us. So once again, we can have that close fellowship with God. And I really love the way the um, Amplified Bible translates John 16, verse 7. He says, So, however, I'm telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable, good, expedient, advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, Counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. And so that's God's heart that we have close fellowship with him. And we do that as we listen and as we open ourselves up to him. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. If we feel a bit empty of God's love, we just need to come and go to him and say, please Lord, just reveal your love to me today. And he will. He might encourage you to look at certain scriptures He might give you some words or a picture. Holy Spirit ministers God's love to us in fresh ways when we give him space and when we listen. Each of us can be as close to God as we really want to be. Psalm 25 verse 14 says, The secret of the sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord have they who fear, revere and worship him. And he will show them his covenant and reveal to them its deep inner meaning. God loves us. 
He wants us to be close to him. He wants to speak to us. We need to listen. So I'm going to read a passage of scripture. I'd like you to just just focus and maybe shut your eyes if you want to. But this is from Proverbs chapter 1 through some other verses and it's from the Passion Translation. And it's like God is speaking. The one who always listens to me will live undisturbed in a heavenly peace, free from fear, confident and courageous. You will rest unafraid and sheltered from the storms of life. My child, will you treasure my wisdom? Then and only then will you acquire it. And only if you accept my advice and hide it within you will you succeed. So train your heart to listen when I speak and open your spirit wide to expand your discernment. Wisdom is a gift from a generous God and every word he speaks is full of revelation and becomes a fountain of understanding within you. For the Lord has a hidden storehouse of wisdom made accessible to his godly lovers. He becomes your personal bodyguard as you follow his ways, protecting and guarding you as you choose what is right. Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do and he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all, for wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. Then you will find the healing refreshment your body and spirit long for. I think that's beautiful. I'm just so amazed that God wants that kind of closeness with me and with you. He wants us to be close. He wants us to hear what's on his heart. Sometimes he speaks and he just tells you one simple thing. I really love you. I really, really love you. As I was preparing for this, I actually just became overwhelmed with God's love for you as a congregation. I just felt it so strongly. And I just felt God say these words, come closer, there is more, there is more, he has more for you, come closer, get close to his heart, listen to what he's saying. So I'm going to ask Joan to just come and play quietly, we're just going to give you two or three minutes, not much, to to just be in God's presence and see if he wants to say anything to you because there's no good talking about it if we're not doing it, is it really? (laughs) So we're just going to give you a few moments to just, as Joan plays, just ask God, maybe shut your eyes and just be in his presence. Say, Lord, what do you want to say to me today? What have you got for me?
Amen. Amen.